Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm glad you've made the connection and are with us today. I'm Lori Fitz, your host. And the goal of our show is to explore a wide range of topics that challenge us to see ourselves, our community, and the world around us in ways that get us thinking, get us talking, get us imagining, get us wondering, and get us connected and perhaps inspired or challenged to do just a bit more because we made the connection. So just a couple days ago, or it was just yesterday, September's jobs creation came up, and it came up short. There was only a gain of about 194,000 new jobs. And these are non-farm payrolls. It's increased by 194,000. That sounds good. But the Dow Jones estimate was really right around 500,000. And that's a doozy of a difference. Last month, it was less than expected as well. And a lot is being blamed on the COVID variants, and they are making a big hit on employment. But to be fair, it could be adjusted down the road. When June and July job numbers were revised, um, the combined uh, readjustment was 134,000. So these numbers you know, may get adjusted, but the trend, the trend is not cheerful. What's also interesting is that the unemployment rate dropped to 4.8%, and that's better than expected. Um, It was expected at 5.1%. So have some decided not to go back to work? Um, What's accounting for the unemployment rate going down, but job creation also going down? It's hard to know, and we'll need to watch that space. Um, But another thing that caught my attention was that leisure, food service, and hospitality was one of the leaders in job creation. And it's glad to see that they're leading the way in job creation, but I also know they're having a tough time. Uh, The workforce was hit hard in food service and hospitality. Uh, You had the COVID-19 crisis that really was a health crisis, an economic crisis, a social justice crisis. And as the industry's building back, you know, I think it's interesting to explore what are they doing? How, what, what kind of recruitment strategies are out there? Um, it's changing, and how so? So I have the perfect person uh, to talk to us about all that. Marie Davis um, is currently the program director of Pathways, and that's a National Restaurant Association's Multicultural Food Service and Hospitality Alliance program. It uh, is a startup program providing franchise ownership opportunities to aspiring black entrepreneurs. It's in the beginning stages. In her past, she was the executive director of the 100K Opportunities. It's now called the Higher Opportunity Coalition, and she directed a national movement of 53 corporations to engage, hire, and retain opportunity youth across multiple industries. She's been a national recruiting manager for Chipotle uh, Mexican Grill, and she also was with Johnson & Wales University for many years, uh, director of career services. She was also director of admissions. So she's got a great background to talk to us about um, what's happening with recruitment. Um, So, Marie, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, thank you for having me, Laurie. This is um, a a topic that I'm very passionate about and very excited to talk to you about today. You know, you had some interesting ideas we were talking earlier about um, when you heard that the um, unemployment rate went down. What's up with that? What do you think is, is a factor with the unemployment rate going down? You know, there's a few different things that came to mind. Some things that we talked about is, uh, you know, if, if unemployment's going down, does that mean more people are working? Are they doing other things? You know, taking a year off from working, going into the office every day, puts puts people's you know puts people's um, perspectives. It, mm-hmm. it makes them change their perspectives mm-hmm. as to what they're doing next and how they're doing it. Uh, the other thing that people are also looking at is not only what type of work they're going to do, but how they are going to work. Uh, same with industry. Industry is looking at. Um, this past year as to how they had to change and adapt with how many people are they're hiring and who can do the work and what type of work is being done. So, so I think the supply and demand is changing. Those that are looking and those that are, are seeking employees, they're, they're changing up yeah. uh, their delivery methods and their hiring methods. Well, there's also the backfill. You know, there are it is a well. lot of jobs that just did not get filled. You know, when when they 
lost a person, they didn't necessarily have the opportunity to to hire them back. So I think there's there is a lot of jobs out there. So job creation not being explosive somewhat makes sense. Just trying to get yep. people back up. I mean, there's so many places that you go. Um, and sorry, it closes at three o'clock because we don't have the employees to to fill Starbucks today. Sorry. Um, exactly. That's the change in business. Mm-hmm. And they're not afraid to do it now. Mm-hmm. Um, after a year of having to make changes and not run as usual, um, not only did they make the changes, they found that they could still stay afloat and sometimes yeah. be even more successful. But re-strategizing and having you know more with less um, yep. could, could also mean that you know will there be job creation or, or does it? I, I, what does that look like to you? I think there's always going to be job creation, especially as you had mentioned, with it, where there was the job creation mm-hmm. that was in the hospitality industry, mm-hmm. retail food service industry. They're always looking for great people. Their brand depends on it. Um, their, you know, their their consumers, uh, the consumers and and those customers that come into the restaurant. Everybody's always looking for better service. Mm-hmm. Um, more interaction, um, you know, that that's what makes one company or brand stand out from another. So um, while they're changing up, maybe doing uh, more with less, mm-hmm. uh, they're always hiring. And as you said, backfill is a huge um, area right now, especially in those industries. Uh, how they're hiring and who they're hiring, that's changing as well. You well know, with, with that, yeah, I'd, oh, I'd, lo- I'd love you to continue with your thought there, but then tell us about the 100K opportunities, because I think that ties into it when you say who are they hiring? Because I know you worked very hard to be looking at um, how to relook and rethink about opportunity youth. Yes, and and that's a great um, great point, and that's what I was definitely getting at is who people are hiring. You have to be innovative. You have to be creative. The um, my work with the one hundred thousand opportunities initiative really was about um, finding those untapped markets of motivated, um, driven individuals who were looking for opportunities, who were a great fit for many companies. The thing is, companies were still looking at their, you know, at their application systems online. They were pressing a button, seeing what applications they had and who who were applying. But the 100,000 Opportunities um, Initiative made them get away from those computers, get out into the community, and truly go where... um, these motivated um, job seeking people were and it was a way for as i said companies to really um find new talent Um, so that's the who part find this new talent in the communities where they both lived and where they wanted to work and give them opportunities that uh quite frankly the you know these people that um were in workforce centers and working with job centers, um, they didn't have that access. So by bringing those workforce centers together with corporations like Chipotle and Starbucks and Walmart, bringing the two together, the supply and the demand, that was a new way to do hiring. Um, And again, it took our managers at Chipotle, took them outside of their restaurants, put them into the community and started shaking hands again, not just relying on that computer. That computer can really create a passive and 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 when you have enough uh to to look at through your computer then why should you do anything more except yeah. that those that have access to the internet and those that have access to applying online um may be a set of uh, a, an audience that is great but it's not all mm-hmm. that's out there and and when you were saying earlier about what makes a difference it's it's the folks in hospitality we we have often kidded about as being having a special DNA gene mm-hmm. that that love people and love to interact and love to connect. Um, just because you've applied online doesn't mean you have that spark. Um, and there are people with the spark out there. It's just how to yeah. how to create the bridge. And it sounds like well, the Opportunity uh, Coalition helped with that. It did, and I could give you a great example of technology and the role that it played, um, even at Chipotle when um, when we would be working with the hiring managers. Before technology happened, um, the managers would open up their bottom drawer and they would say, oh, I have two resumes. I need five people. I need to get out there. I need to go look for people. I need to go to colleges. 
workforce development centers. I have to go find people. Uh, then technology comes in and you walk into um, that same restaurant and you see the manager. And the manager would say, yeah, uh, my my um, career builder, LinkedIn, whatever it might have been, um, it's not working for me. It's not work. I'm not getting the applications and I'm, I'm not getting the applications. And I remember turning to him and saying, Think of that computer as the applications in your drawer. Mm -hmm. When you look and see that you don't have them, you have to go find them still. <laughs> you know, it's not just the wait and see. And and that is what the 100,000 Opportunities Initiative provided to the managers. It provided them an opportunity to uh, not just wait and see what's going to come through, but to go out and shake hands and find people. And more importantly, um, to make it sustainable, they had to go and meet with the community directors, meet with um, college admissions and financial aid people who had students that needed jobs. So it got them back in the field again. Is it becoming a lost art or a reinvented art uh, to get back into community? Uh, is there, uh, is there a training that needs to happen that people feel like that they can feel more confident in getting into community? Because there's a safety in, in computers, right? I mean, yes, you don't have is. to be a face-to-face. There is, and those companies that are getting out into the community um, are, are the, the game changers. They really are. However, I will say even with the 20 recruiters that I had, you can't just put them out there and say, go visit colleges or go visit community centers. That is where you have to give them the additional training, additional confidence. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to have them learn from those that are working with clients, working with students, working with at-risk youth or, or youth that you know are not in school and not at work. Uh, so there is training that definitely goes with it. But the rewards are so much greater. Uh, and I've heard that from the recruiters. You know, I, it, it, it's so much easier. How I look at it is with 20 recruiters, if they each reached out to 10 of their own, 10 community agencies, those are 10 more agencies that are recruiting for them, advocating for them, and agencies that believe in the brand and how the brand um, takes care of its people and recruits its people. So uh, it goes a long way getting out there, but there is the training that um, is needed. And speaking of training, there are amazing trainings available through the Multicultural Food Service and Hospitality Alliance. And I encourage our audience, take a look. Go to mfha.net. When you uh, go to mfha.net, you'll have a landing page that comes up that talks about the 25th anniversary. Um, 25 years of doing good work in connecting uh, with communities and creating a real alliance with the corporations that um, that have restaurants and hotels and distributors, managers that are making a difference by supporting the good work of MFHA. So check that out. Uh, and we'll be back with Marie. Uh, there's more to talk about here in the recruitment and challenges that we're facing. Uh, we're going to talk in the next segment a little bit about some of the fatigue that's, uh, that's setting in. So stay with us. We'll be right back after just a few commercials. Patrick here for my cleaning and floor replacement heroes at Zero Res. There are hundreds of reasons to call my friends at Zero Res, but did you know they specialize in flooring replacement too? It just makes total sense. As much as they want to save every carpet and floor they service, there does come a time when replacement is the best option. And lucky for you, nobody knows carpet and flooring more than the experts at Zero Res. Z Floors by Zero Res partnered with the leading carpet and flooring manufacturers to offer custom solutions for any budget and lifestyle. Choose from top-of-the-line products guaranteed to be stain and leak-proof to luxury patterns and textures that feel like silk. Whether you're considering carpet, hardwood, luxury vinyl, or tile, Z Floors by Zero Res will bring their mobile showroom to you for a free in-home consultation. So when nothing but new will do, check out the new Zero Res new floors experience at www.z-floors.com. That's z-floors.com. Check out the award-winning Hazel's Northeast in Minneapolis on the corner of 29th and Johnson for a delicious meal any time of the day. Breakfast favorites include Jean's Mean Fried Egg Sandwich and the Drunken Banana French Toast. While for dinner, try selections like the fabulous Swedish Meatballs or Wild Rice Gumbo. Hazel's Northeast is located on the corner of 29th Avenue and Johnson Street, just a few minutes away from 35W. View Hazel's menu, make a reservation, or place a takeout order at hazelsne2go.com. 
Hi, this is Laura. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, is home to some of the best political talk in the Twin Cities. Okay, the best political talk in the Twin Cities. We are one of the very few independent progressive radio stations in the United States. Thanks to AM 950 listeners and partners, we've stayed in business for 17 years. If you have a business or know of a business that could benefit from reaching the passionate listeners that support the advertisers on this station, send me an email, laura at am950radio.com. Ryan here with locally owned Snap Construction. Hey, 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 too much snapping. I have an important message. Roofing, siding, insulation, and window material rates have come down considerably. Production is up. Best of all, there's still time to lock in one of the many great city, state, and federal home fix-up loans with rates as low as 0%. Some cities are even offering no repayment until you sell or refi. We don't expect these programs to last much longer. Snap to it and set up your no-obligation inspection quote for your roofing, siding, windows, or insulation job today. Your Snap Construction Remodel Expert can lay out all the options for your roofing, siding, window, insulation project, along with all rebates, incentives, and federal state and city financing programs that you qualify for. Call Snap Construction today, home of the lifetime craftsmanship warranty. For over the last decade, we are arguably the most well-reviewed roofing, siding, window, insulation contractor in the Twin Cities. Don't take our word for it. Google us. Snapconstruction.com, 612-333-SNAP. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show. I'm Lori Fitz, your host. And today we're talking about challenges in recruiting. We're looking at all the challenges out there, especially in the food service and hospitality. And I have a terrific person who has been um, sharing with us her insights, Marie Davis. She is the program director of Pathways, which is part of the National Restaurant Association's Multicultural Food Service and Hospitality Alliance Startup Program. And that new program is uh, looking to provide franchise ownership opportunities to aspiring black entrepreneurs. Marie and I both consult for the MFHA, and just a wonderful partnership. Uh, she has brought so many good insights and thoughtful look to the future of how we need to keep supporting and shaping ways to connect, especially with diverse communities. And she's got a background. We were talking in the last um, segment about her work as the executive director for the 100K Opportunities that directed a national movement of 53 corporations to engage, hire, and retain opportunities youth across lots of different um, communities and wonderful companies such as Starbucks and Walmart and FedEx and Chipotle. And speaking of Chipotle, she was also the national recruitment manager. Um, in your work with the national, uh, in your work with Chipotle, you were doing some really innovative things. Um, you were looking at streamlining the work of private and public sectors to create new opportunities, career pathways for the out-of-school and the out-of-work youth. So tell me a little bit about some of those collaborative efforts that, that gave you some insights that allowed you then to feel confident about moving into supporting the 100K Opportunities Initiative. Sure, absolutely. Uh, my work, I mean, I was so fortunate to work at Chipotle um, because of the way they worked with people. I never thought that I would go from 25 years in education and recruiting to then working uh, for a fast food mm. restaurant. Mm. Uh, never thought that would happen. I had a great colleague of mine who went over and said, you know, the work that you've done in recruitment at Johnson & Wales and having field leaders all over the country, we want to build that. Um, I want to build that here for Chipotle. I want our managers to have recruiting and training people right in their backyards where they can go and get help um, with hiring, with recruitment, um, even with, with interviewing. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we want to set them up for success. Right. So I, I went over to Chipotle and saw just how amazing they were with promoting from within, giving manager, giving frontline workers, managers, giving them opportunities to succeed. But with that success came the training. Mm -hmm. They had to be fully staffed and they had to um, be able to uh, get the training needed to find the right people. Um, in their restaurants. And um, with Chipotle, anything goes. You can try any, you know, anything out there that if you can bring people together, if you can learn, I, I think I learned more from the employees than I taught them in the beginning because mm -hmm. you really had to find out where are they recruiting? Where yeah. are they hiring from? Who is in their backyard um, community-wise? Mm -hmm. uh, so when I started working with Chipotle, getting to know the managers, finding out um, what what they do in their community, who they work with in their community, um, 
one thing I found, and, and that's what we had talked about in the last segment a little bit, is that um, were they doing enough or could they be doing more to take their work in the community and turn it into um, hiring and recruiting? strategies. Uh, so while we were doing this, um, Chipotle was asked by the Starbucks Corporation if we wanted to get involved, as I said, with the 100,000 Opportunities Initiative. Now, this initiative is when we talk about opportunity youth, they're 16 to 24 year olds that are out of school and out of work. One of the stipulations or one of the things that they asked of us, not so much a stipulation, was that they wanted to track how many people we hired from certain cities, zip codes that fell into those demographics. And and the goal of the um, 100,000 Opportunities Initiative was to increase those numbers, get more people employed, get more people, you know, that weren't working back into the um, to the into employment. And when we looked at our numbers at Chipotle, I think we found that almost 30,000 people a year that we hired were in that demographic range. Now, we didn't call them opportunity youth. We called them our workers. Yeah. I mean, they were our family. They were our <laughs> right. team members. Right. But what we realize is that we have all of we are recruiting for these for this demographic however we're not using a re, the resources of our community to find them right there and what i meant by that is community organizations mm-hmm. their role is to find opportunities for 16 to 24 year olds our role was to fill positions open restaurants there was that disconnect and 100k brought them together and we built a strategy for that. We said, if we can do this one city at a time, I have 20 people out there that can do this with 2,000 managers and make it work that way. And so that's how it came together. And we started reducing our applications questions. We made our applications easier for this market. We we started building best practices on hiring and recruiting. And that led me to going to 100K to say, if, if I can do this with one company and build a great recruiting team with one company and I also have lessons learned, what mm-hmm. works and what doesn't. Right. How do I bring it to 50 other companies who, who are raising their hands saying, we want to do this as well? Well, one of the things that strikes me is all these exciting ideas that really create a bridge between the uh, the nonprofits that want to place good people mm-hmm. into jobs and the companies that are looking desperately for folks to fill the job. And I also know you and I have been on calls just this last week. All the fatigue that is out, out there. Um, at times it's this, well, we've been trained in DEI and we've been trained in going in and understanding this, but we don't have the words and we don't know what to say and we don't know what to do. Um, and it's almost like this, you know, frozen, you know, uh, um, I, I imagine this rabbit <laughs> just sort of <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> staring at, you know, in fear. Um, are these strategies, you think, ways to help people get over that, you know, what's the next step? What do I do? Because I, all this last week, I just kept hearing over, what do we do? How do we do this? We, we know what, yep. what the issue is, but we don't know what to do and we don't know what to say. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, um, one, you're absolutely right. It's they know that a lot of companies know what needs to happen. Everything that I talked about as far as changing up how to recruit, who to interact with, um, that they, they understand that. The, the companies that I've worked with, the companies that are innovative and, and want to be proactive versus reactive, they want to give their employees the tools to succeed and to be confident in, in their role when they do go to maybe – company or community programs or interacts with people that they're not used to interacting with. Again, they're always looking, many um, recruiters, managers, they're used to people coming to them saying, yes, I want to work for you. It's a lot different. It's a lot different and more difficult when you have those same managers that ha- managers that have to now go out and say, "Please work for us," um, and this is why you should work for us. Right. And that is where that's the, the persuasion. Training, you know, that's, they've got the persuasion. They've got yep. the information, but they're not sure how to do the persuasion. Exactly, and and the, the diverse groups that they're working with. It's yeah. not, you know, if you're going to go out and find untapped markets, you do now have to. And what I mean by untapped is people that might be looking, but you just didn't know they were looking. Right. You have to be ready, willing, and able to to talk with them, learn from them, and listen 
You know, it might be a different language. It might be uh, we were working at Chipotle. We were working with refugees that had come over, teaching them without even knowing the same language, but still working with them and and getting them to um, understand who we were and what we were doing. So there is that hesitation because there is the unknowing. And mm-hmm. I think with with employers, you can't just say take this information on diversity and inclusion and and uh, you know and and learn it, yeah. and then we'll tell you how you're going to use it. You here, almost have here, to work backwards. Here's the how-to. Here's the book. Memorize it, and you'll be fine. <laughs> yes, and that's... It, it just yeah, doesn't it, work that way. It doesn't work. You know what? It, you're better off walking into um, one of the... As, and I'll give you the example, the IR, IRC, I believe it was, the, um, the, uh, the refugee, refugee committees. It's but You're better off walking in, learning. Don't even recruit at that minute, yeah. at that point. Just understand that yes these are great people i want to work with now i want to learn now i understand the reason that it's so important to learn culture to learn differences and how to interact so yes it's one thing to say we have a program everybody's going to take the program go through these online steps now go out yeah you have to combine it you you definitely do so that you see um you see the little pieces of the benefits and the rewards Mm -hmm. um and you have the failings, I hate to say, or lessons learned. I want to say failings, but lessons learned a little bit at a time versus I'm never going back there again. But making, the making those mistakes life. give you that muscle memory of, OK, yes. I at least tried. Well, and it I, all comes absolutely. down all comes down to me for uh, looking at connections. You're making the connections it uh, is. With, it is. with and making yep. a, an authentic connection. Well, I know that MFHA, the Multicultural Food Service and Hospitality Alliance, um, does good work with cultural intelligence and has good programming. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to encourage the audience, give a look at this. Um, take a look at the programs that are being offered. Um, we MFHA mainly works with the large corporations, but there's great opportunity to become an individual member as well. So give that a thought. We do have that sign up. And there's a smart brief that goes out uh, every week that, that goes over cultural intelligence and what, what's in the news on that. So give it some thought. Um, we're going to come back. We're going to keep uh, talking. We're going to move from the fatigue to creative solutions um, and continue hearing from Marie what some of those creative solutions that are on the horizon, uh, what work she's doing right now with Pathways, and what can we all learn about making that connection? We'll be right back. I was on a road trip this summer and it happened. A truck threw a rock, chipped my windshield, and the next thing I knew, I had a crack. I wasn't just going to take my vehicle to any service center. I trust Rudy Luther Toyota to take care of my car. Whether routine service, new tires, large repairs, or even a cracked windshield, Rudy Luther Toyota has the professional, courteous, trained team you need to get your vehicle back on the road fast. Scheduling online is a breeze, and their service center is wonderful with Wi-Fi and coffee. No matter your vehicle, if you need service, head to Rudy Luther Toyota, 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. I'm Candy Braffel, publisher of the Twin Cities edition of Natural Awakenings magazine and host of Green Tea Conversations, a new show for people who are on a journey to take responsibility for their health and play a more active role in their family's well-being. Join me every Sunday at 10 a.m. as I interview local experts who share the latest in natural holistic approaches in a fun and informative way. So grab a cup of tea and join the conversation as we awaken to natural health. Visit us at naturaltwincities.com. Hi, everyone. Matt McNeil here. The last year was hard for so many of us, and many small businesses struggled. That's why everyone at AM950 is so grateful to the listeners who stepped up and helped support the radio station by becoming members of the station. Because of your listener support, we were able to continue to deliver the best and only progressive talk in the state on one of the few true progressive talk radio stations in the country. As we move into a better tomorrow, it's still important to help support small businesses like AM950, and the membership is a great way to do it. We have memberships at any financial level, either a one-time donation or a recurring one, and we appreciate any support. We've already featured a lot of members-only bonus content, like the calendars, special member-only interviews, and even personalized messages, and we have more benefits coming soon. To become a member, go to am950radio.com, click on the Become a Member button, and sign up today. That's am950radio.com. Help support AM950 sponsors, support local small businesses, and become a member of AM950 Radio today at am950radio.com. We're in this together, and we will get through this together. The vaccines are tested effective and needed. Welcome to the clinic with Charm. Get your COVID-19 vaccine. 
so we can do this. And this. And this. We are now boarding flight. Together again, because we got through it together. This message sponsored by the Helmsley Charitable Trust, aired with the Minnesota Broadcasters Association and the station. Green light. Hey girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah. Street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! <gasps> it's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. With your AM 950 weather, I'm David Lyon. Saturday, partly cloudy with a high near 81. Saturday night, partly cloudy with a low around 66. Check out the award-winning Hazel's Northeast. Hazel's is now open Tuesdays through Saturdays, 8 to 8, with a Sunday brunch from 8 to 2. Located off 29th and Johnson and at hazelsne2go.com. Back to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm Laurie Fitz, your host, and we've been talking about jobs. Uh, What's up with jobs? (laughs) As we're building back uh, after COVID, how are especially the restaurants and hospitality industries uh, figuring it out? And we've got a great person that has some really good background and and excellent knowledge uh, about what that situation looks like and what we might be looking to do in the future. Uh, Marie Davis is a current program director for Pathways, and that's the National Restaurant Association's Multicultural Food Service and Hospitality Alliance. And um, it's a startup program. She's just in the beginning stages of that in providing the long-term goal of franchise ownership opportunities to aspiring black entrepreneurs. In our last segment, we, we sh- talked about the um, the work she did at Chipotle as a recruiting manager and, and really creating innovative ways of looking how to connect community and corporate uh, with, with shared goals, uh, how to make the bridge, how to make the connection. Uh, and before that, we learned more about the 100K opportunities that she had um, in being the executive director. It's now called the Higher Opportunity Collections, but uh, Coalition. Um, But she directed a national movement of 53 corporations to engage, hire, and retain opportunity youth uh, uh, amongst multiple industries and corporations. So we're very grateful uh, to Marie joining us today. And this segment, we're going to hunker down in looking at what some of the things that we're seeing in the future. What what might this look like? What things can we do? What solutions are out there, especially from what she's learned and what we're all struggling to figure out? Um, and And we're also dealing with corporate fatigue. We're all tired. We've been reinventing and we've been surviving. But now as we start to to build, what does the building look like? So Marie, thank you. Thank you so much for being with us today. This is great. Yeah. Happy to be here. So what's your thought about um, moving into the future? What 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 are some creative solutions that, that are on the, uh, the horizon? And, and also share with us, what are the things that you're thinking about with, with what you're developing with Pathways? Sure. Um, I wish I had all of the answers for creative yeah. solutions yeah. for uh, for the work that we're doing and for, for recruiting, but also just for equity and employment um, and education as a whole, mm-hmm. you know, bringing it all together. Um, what I will say is uh, there's two paths that I've seen companies taking. Um, there are the proactive solutions, those that um, companies, employers, small or large, corporate or or um or small companies that, you know, the proactive approach is, is going to the people. And, and the way I, and the reason I say that is they're um, engaging with internally with mm-hmm. their people as mm-hmm. well as externally with their customers, um, with their consumers. Um, and that's so encouraging because, um, you know, we've had the disruptors. We've had plenty of disruptors these past uh, this past year and a half. 
with um, why things have to change um, in recruiting and retention, even keeping great people um, in a company. Um, and some of the creative solutions are companies starting um, with their frontline workers with, you know, their entry level positions. Um, getting their feedback, getting getting their reasoning for why did they join the company? What is important to them? What what benefits um, are they getting or that they that they're most appreciative of versus ones that you know? What do they still want to see? So. Right now, it's one thing to recruit great people to hold on to them. And we, we haven't talked about the retention piece, but mm -hmm. th that's part of the solution. You know, companies are really looking at why did you come to us? OK, let's keep doing that. Whatever we're doing <laughs> that brought great people to us, um, the referrals that come in from their current employees, huge indicator as to whether or not companies are getting it right when it comes to creating solutions, making change within their company. But then it's keeping those same people. What are the benefits? What are the roadmaps and long-term investments that companies are making um, in their employees that make, make the difference? So for some of the solutions, it, it can't be a fix. It can't be, you're lucky we gave you an opportunity. Where you're, you're fortunate that we gave you a job. It has to be, we, as the, as the employer, we're fortunate you chose us. That is the proactive response that um, makes all the difference in the world and, and sets companies apart. Whether you have five people that you, you've employed or you've got 5,000 people that you've employed. Now on the reactive side, uh, the creative solutions is getting them over to mm -hmm. be more proactive. But what I'm excited about is that if a situation happens, at least a solution is is being developed. Mm -hmm. You know, if a company is caught off guard or a person, a leader of a company is caught off guard, what are the solutions? What are the changes that can be made? Education is, is one of the leading factors, you know, and it can't just be education in a book. It's got to be action. Mm -hmm. So education and action is what I'm seeing um, with solutions in uh, this pro this program called Connections cannot be any better <laughs> of a language to, to put out there because uh -huh. uh, it can't be done in silos. What I'm finding is creative solutions. You have competitors coming together within an industry. You have people coming together within the industry. Collaboration is making all the difference in the in the world. And uh, those are some of the creative solu solutions, the coalitions that mm -hmm. are being formed, um, I, whether I, it's. Uh, I, I was going to say, I have to admit, I, years ago, um, when I joined MFHA as a consultant, I was surprised that they were planning uh, a uh, and a meeting at McDonald's, and they were going to have Burger King there. <laughs> they were going to have, mm -hmm. and they, yep. they, there was Starbucks that was going to be there. And we're like, really? Don't people think of these things as proprietary? Are, are they really going to open up and share? And I was amazed because you know what helps one will help all. And exactly. the graciousness, and it's, it's the image. yes, yep. the it, graciousness of yep. like, we can't compete about this. We got to work together because this is a challenge yep. that we all and that sense of community, that sense of alliance that the Multicultural Food Service and Hospitality Alliance does is what has um, really made me more confident that community and collaborative work can get done. When you can see that what are perceived as competitors in the corporate world saying, no, this is an issue that we all need to work on. How, how can we all support better strategies and better connections? Um, it's been very uh, inspiring for me. Yep, it's, it's inspiring. It's never been more prevalent. It's uh, something that all industries um, are coming together because they're facing the same challenges. Mm -hmm. um, one, with industry awareness, industry branding, it might be. Mm -hmm. And then two, uh, there's enough people to go around. It, you, gotta get, you have to get people first interested, say, in working in the hospitality industry. Then you can go and build proprietary solutions, mm -hmm. creative solutions, offer varied benef various benefits. That's where you can differentiate yourself, but first you've got to bring people to the table. Right. You've got to bring people to accept who mm -hmm. you are and what you're doing. And, and I think, as I said, referrals are a great sign 
If you have other employees that are referring friends and family and they're putting their name on your brand, yeah. that is huge. And and I think more of that is happening. Um, community involvement is part of a part of the package for any um, anybody when it comes to recruiting. And when You've you got to s- be proud to where you work. Yes. And when you say image, you know, I think back there, there is uh, hurdles where you know, the whole, well, I'm not going to flip hamburgers. You know, that's not where I'm going to do. Yep. Um, and being able to shift that, well, you might not have a career in the restaurant industry, but what skills that do you get there that can serve you in any career, as well as what are the benefits? I'm amazed at some of the benefits that have been continuing to be rolled out. Your education could be paid for. Hello? (laughs) With education uh, costs being raised? I mean, I I, I spread that word. Um, You know, some of them choose a university that they partner with so that that credit. But the idea with college being so expensive and people running up their debt, why not have the experience of being able to have benefits, whether or not you stay in the as a, a career-driven individual? But if you are a career-driven mm-hmm. individual, there are pathways. And that's something that, that Chipotle, I thought, did a really good job of doing when you were there and in, in how you shared with us what that how to let people know about those pathways. There are ways to, you know, in within a 10-year period to yep. be making very good money. Um, what yep. does that look like and how do they learn? How do you demystify that? It, it, and it all comes down to, it, it, um, it comes down to transparency. I think being, um, having corporate experience, educational experience, and then nonprofit experience. I think I was the toughest on all three uh-huh. when I worked on each of the different segments because it was um, build out your pathways to the employers, show them what they're getting. The What made Chipotle stand out is we had a brochure that showed exactly, we weren't afraid to put it on paper. So you had to put it on paper. Um, Chipotle partnered with Guild Education that now works with Walmart and Yum Brands providing our employees um, a seamless transition from education, you know, from employment to education. I was a huge um, proponent, but you don't have, an employee should never have to pick whether they work or go to school. Uh, It should be seamless. And and working with uh, Guild Education was an organization that I worked with that, that allowed us to do that at Chipotle. And now I'm thrilled to see so many other companies doing it. But it's innovation. You know, when you talk about um, creative solutions, you have to be innovative. You have to listen to what your employees are looking for and and what makes them happy versus just throwing everything at them. Um, I I did some work with Amazon at one point, and they have their career choice program through Amazon. That isn't about um, staying at Amazon in the warehouse. Amazon's program um, allows them to go and become vet techs and pharmaceutical technologists and, you know, business managers, um, healthcare managers, they're giving them the the same um, educational opportunities um, so that they do have options. And that's what draws people in because they see that it's long term, not short term. And and it's, again, changing the perception of the work world. Um, Yes. What what does work mean and what how can you get ahead through the jobs Mm -hmm. that you have that positions you for success, because I know that's something that's very important for you, and that I've heard you say many good times, how are we positioning people for success? And with that, I've got to position us to get to the next segment. (laughs) So (laughs) I do encourage folks to take a look at mfha.net, Multicultural Food Service and Hospitality Alliance, doing really wonderful, innovative programs. Uh, And we'll be back to to share more, hear more from Marie on perhaps some of the work that she's doing also with Pathways. I promised this uh, segment, but we got caught up in such good conversation. I didn't get back to it. But we'll talk about Pathways, what she's doing uh, with innovation. And I think you can see the through line with her idea about Pathways and how that led to Pathways for um, ownership, too. So stay with us. We'll, We'll be talking more with Marie in our next segment. Supporting the best local and independently owned restaurants in the Twin Cities has never been easier. You'll find an expansive list of local dining options at eatlocalminnesota.com, from classic American comfort food to authentic flavors from around the world. 
The next time you're out in South Minneapolis, make Nightingale off 26th and Lindale your go-to dining option. It's a comfortable neighborhood restaurant that features a delicious menu of American classics, plus a wide drink and cocktail selection. Nightingale has dining room and bar seating available, plus takeout and delivery. Current hours are 5 p.m. to 1 a.m. daily with the full menu until midnight. More at NightingaleMPLS.com. Specializing in Szechuan and Peking cuisine, the Great Wall Chinese Restaurant has been a local favorite since 1981. They offer one of the most extensive menus in the Twin Cities. Favorites include the sesame chicken, imperial beef, and Peking duck. The Great Wall Restaurant is located off 45th and France, with takeout available too. More at greatwallrestaurant.us. This is New Beginnings, hosted by award-winning broadcaster and speaker, Freddie Bell. Freddie, this generation of the baby boomers, people are living longer, so the baby boomers are taking care of elderly parents. Let's talk about your health, and specifically, let's talk about Medicare. Our show features the concerns of America's 78 million baby boomers in employment, finance, health and nutrition, and even entertainment. Join us for New Beginnings, Saturday mornings at 11, brought to you in part by Vision Loss Resources. Ryan here with locally owned Snap Construction. Hey, 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 too much snapping. I have an important message. Roofing, siding, insulation, and window material rates have come down considerably. Production is up. Best of all, there is still time to lock in one of the many great city, state, and federal home fix-up loans with rates as low as 0%. Some cities are even offering no repayment until you sell or refi. We don't expect these programs to last much longer. Snap to it and set up your no-obligation inspection quote for your roofing, siding, windows, or insulation job today. Your Snap Construction Remodel Expert can lay out all the options for your roofing, siding, window, insulation project, along with all rebates, incentives, and federal state and city financing programs that you qualify for. Call Snap Construction today, home of the Lifetime Craftsmanship Warranty. For over the last decade, we are arguably the most well-reviewed roofing, siding, window, insulation contractor in the Twin Cities. Don't take our word for it. Google us. Snapconstruction.com, 612-333-SNAP. Tune in for Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. Coming up, immigration and multiculturalism. Is it ever okay to make culture or ethnicity a factor in immigration policy? No, not in a multicultural society. So we should welcome immigrants who reject the society's values? Tasha, you don't have enough faith in the power of multiculturalism. Immigration and multiculturalism, next time on Philosophy Talk. Philosophy Talk, every Sunday at 8 a.m. and again at 2 p.m. on AM 950. Connections Radio Show. I'm Lori Fitz, your host, and we've been talking about jobs, recruitment, retention. What does that look like? How are we reimagining jobs in the future? And how is the hiring going? And all of those good things. And I have um, a delightful guest that has been sharing her insights from the variety of work that she's done over the years. Marie Davis, Marie, and I uh, both consult for the Multicultural Food Service and Hospitality Alliance, which is part of the National Restaurant Association. Uh, We, in the first segment, if you've missed it, I'll give you a quick recap, and but go back and look at our podcast. You can do that by going to am950radio.com. Um, but in the first segment, we shared a little bit about her work with the 100K Opportunities. It's now called the Higher Opportunities Coalition, Higher Opportunity Coalition. And when she was there, she directed a national movement of 53 corporations to engage, hire, and retain opportunity youth. She was the recruiting national recruiting manager for Chipotle, uh, worked for many years, 20 years. You were a baby when you got started there at Johnson & Wales <laughs> University. Uh, she led um, career services as well as being the director. Of admission. So with all of that good stuff, I know one of the, the themes that, that I love to hear you talk about is positioning people for success. Um, that's a real passion for you. Mm-hmm. And whether that be positioning people in their career for success or entrepreneurism, sort of the new um, new area that MFHA has been getting into. So let us know. I know that PepsiCo uh, was one of our big sponsors of this program. Why don't you share what that program's about, uh, what you're starting to do on it. I'll I'll have you back uh, as you keep working on it, because I know it's something that we want to be able to keep um, our audience updated on because it's such a cool program. 
I'm so glad we're going here because we have talked about recruiting and mm-hmm. we've talked about retention. What about leadership and ownership? And um, this excites me. This is what I'm passionate about is let's keep moving the needle um, from, and giving people opportunities. And that's what Pathways is all about. It is about um, giving um, black entrepreneurs, uh, black entrepreneurs who are aspiring to do their own thing, be their own owners. I mean, this is in the franchising world, the restaurant franchising world, but giving them um, the resources, uh, removing the barriers to let them take the lead. And I'm so excited about this because we've all we, we've been spending the segment talking about connections, but I will tell you that. Um, Black franchise ownership, there's a disconnect there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this program, this Pathways uh, to Black Franchise Ownership, is about making that connection. It's um, you know removing barriers. Three top barriers that we see is financial, you know, um, whether they need some money, a lot of money, no money at all, yeah. still don't know how to get involved. Mm-hmm. And they don't know how to remove the financial barriers um, to getting their own business. Um, experience is another one. Is they, they have some experience, but do they have the right experience? Um, and with this Pathways program that we're building, we believe everybody can find, um, whether it's the experience or get the training necessary to make them competent and um, successful in their work. And then finally, it's once, once um, we build this program and we have um, new ownership in these franchises, they have their the, the financial backing, they've gotten their training experience, it's the ongoing mentorship because no matter which program that you're in, every owner, especially a new owner, they're looking for a connection. Mm-hmm. They're looking for a mentor, an advisor to make sure that once the, the prog- program or the, the company franchise is, is you kicked it off, you still need the support. And that's what Pathways is all about. Um, it's bringing, uh, it's also bringing brands together, franchising brands who are looking for great talent, but they're not sure, same thing, they're not sure where to find great aspiring entrepreneurs to take the lead with some of their expansion and some of their territories. Um, They want to to work with um, great uh, candidates, but we go back to the untapped markets where you find great um, people, future leaders in the restaurant industry. Um, And that's the disconnect that we're we're connecting through this program, bringing the two together. Uh, And it's very exciting to see so many employers raising their hands saying, yes, we want to get involved. Um, we want to learn. We want to learn why, why there, um, why there is the disconnect. Where well, are the barriers, and how can we help? I'm so excited to um, have the audience learn a little bit about that, and as a teaser, because I'm going to be bringing you back to share okay. how how that is all going for you. And I think sure. the, the big um, aha moment for me this last week about uh, pathways is when someone said, "You're really demystifying it." Because there's mysticism around what the franchise is. And I can't think of a better person to help lead that effort. So, Marie Davis, thank you so much for being part of Connections today. We're going to look forward to having you back and sharing more about what what lessons learned that that you're having in, in developing this program and what opportunities may be in the future. So, thank you, Marie, and thank you all for being part of Connections Radio today uh, on the progressive voice of Minnesota here at AM 950.